Take another sip of this. Oh my god, it's so good. It's called Hop Commander. And no, I don't represent them and I'm not advertising. It's just good stuff, in my opinion. Hey, you're listening to the podcast, Friends in Music with me, Brian Doherty. I'm Brian, I'm your host. A video rendition of this podcast will be available on my YouTube channel. Simply search either Brian Doherty or Brian Doherty Musician on YouTube and you'll find me. If you're so inclined, please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. It'll be a great help. Actually, if you were to share it with someone, that would be be an even better help. Hey, my guests today are Phil Went and Joe Walden of the band W2. W2 create hook-driven infectious pop rock inspired from the classic rock anthems that many of us grew up on. They've infused a contemporary pop edge into this music to create their own style, their own brand, their own sound. They have a new album entitled Four Corners of a Circle. And this album was produced, written, produced, recorded, created out of the pandemic that most of us are trying to forget about. And a lot of the lyric content is related to the experiences that many of us were going through during that time. I had the pleasure of playing drums on some of this record I would say most of it and um, it was my pleasure to have Phil and Joe as my guests on this podcast let's listen in I'm speaking with Joe and Phil from W2 right now and welcome gentlemen how you doing hey Brian what's up buddy all good all good you guys are looking good good to see you hey man Okay, so I, I always like to start with a general question uh, and assume that our listeners don't know much about the uh, the artists that I'm interviewing, and this kind of helps give some context and fr- uh, point of reference for us. So, your band is called W Two, and how 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 do you describe the music? Um, pretending you're meeting somebody in an elevator or a gas station. What do you what do you tell people? How do you describe it? Joe, go. You got this one. The most brilliant music you've never heard. <laughs> uh, what, what I would say it's uh, kind of like pop rock, I would call it. I would say it's definitely rock. It, it kind of stems from our classic rock inspiration and influences, but definitely has pop sensibilities. It's filled with hooks. It's catchy. There might be even a tune that you want to dance to. And hopefully they're earworms. Hopefully they'll you'll walk away, or after you listen to it, you'll be humming the song for hours to come. I, I like that. it. It's really, it's really approachable, right? It's music that really, it's music you 
it's 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 right, it's rock, but at the same time, you know, like you could you could put this on with the family there and they'd all be happy listening to it as well. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. It's definitely definitely pop rock is always the way I like to describe it. Because it's you know, we're we're rockers, but you know, this is definitely stuff that is, you know, hooky and catchy. And like Phil said, you could put it on in front of the whole family. It's very easy to listen to. I hate to ask this question, but do you do you ever liken your music to like another band or artist? And 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 if the and if the answer is no, you don't you you don't have to respond. But yes, it depends what we were listening to the day we wrote that song. Playlist, what we sound like. No. Well, Phil, Phil, you go ahead. Give give three that you think we sound like, and I'll see if uh, I can add on any. Oh, this would be good. Yeah. So I guess my who my writing influences then becomes the question, right? Yeah, uh, sure. Go ahead. There's an all British blues rock band called Thunder, and those guys definitely influence my writing style. Um, big power ballads, and also, but again, not like not the eighty style of power, but in, in the blues rock genre. So those guys they influence you know uh, how I write. My best friend in the UK listens to our music. And he wrote to me and said, like, have you guys heard of a band called Biffy Clyro? And I'm like, I can't say I have, but I dug them up. And they were pretty heavy, but poppy, approachable Scottish rock band. He heard those guys in us, um, which is a pretty big compliment because they're huge in Europe. Um, so those guys are there. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guitar player at heart, so I guess, you know, this guy will come out somewhere there in go. there. You know, like he'll... <laughs> He has some influence for sure, um, but you want. But I wouldn't call our music anything like Van Halen either, you know. But this right. certainly in, in my guitar playing, you know, stem from there also. I I I definitely would say we are the sum of our parts. You know, uh, Phil and I both share love of the Beatles. I think that's where it all comes from. We both love Zeppelin, uh, all those classic rock staples. We both talk about Def Leppard all the time. We're both big, huge fans of Robbie Williams, who, again, like Thunder, not as well known here in the U.S. of A., but around the rest of the world, even though he lives in the U.S.A., around the rest of the world, he sells out huge festivals and right. stadiums. And he has that same kind of rock pop kind of blend that we really enjoy, you know, that real hooky, catchy, bouncy rock and roll that, you know, it's just so infectious. And again, you know, I said, you know, what are we listening to the day we write a song? There's a little bit of truth in that. You know, I like to listen to as much music as possible. I listen to, uh, I try to, you know, if I, if I walk into a store and there's music playing or I'm in a bar and there's music playing or something comes on the radio, there's something playing and I don't recognize it, I shazam it. I go listen to it. I deep dive on it. I'm reading music articles about bands up and coming. I like Phil listen to a lot of music that might not be, you know, on typical FM radio or even serious radio, right, serious right. XM radio. Uh, I'm a big fan of like Mag Street Preachers, which again, huge English band playing stadiums around the world. Nobody over here knows them. Yeah. Uh, but I'm telling you, you know, it's like whatever we're listening to, uh, it's like anything, you know, you, you take it in, you're like a sponge and the good stuff that you absorb in it comes out somewhere in the kind of aspect of, you know, the nature of creativity. It's kind yeah. of like what David Bowie would always do. He would listen to everything. He was influenced by everything. He would soak it all in. He would take it, he would kind of digest it, 
and then he would spit it out again as something new. He would create something new from it. Right, right. No, it's a, a great, great, um, great context for us and for those listeners who may not yet have heard of W2, but I'm sure they're going to stream it right after this episode. Um, and I always, I always think like how humbling it is. Like you're talking about shazamming or, or getting recommendations from from other people and stuff. But um, whenever I think I've got a handle on a style, and then there's always something else that I hear, and I'm like, I, I know nothing about this genre. You know, there's 14 other artists that I've never heard of that are fantastic. You know, so right. that's what's kind of good. Great, great about music, right? We can always, that's we can right. always roll up our sleeves and get back into it, you know. That's like, right. And, right. You always, there's always another layer. There's always another layer. Just when yeah. you, when you think you've got it, and you go like, finally, I've got the, I've, I've written right. a good song, or I found a good song, and then you go, oh my god, it's nothing compared to this that I've now heard, you know. That's right. I, that, I, I, no, I, I was gonna say, I almost have the same feeling at the beer cave at the gas station, because every, <laughs> every. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time I think I know of the greatest IPA and then I turn around, I'm like, but I haven't had this. So I have to get this one. So right. no, no, I'm not, and, in, all, in all seriousness. That, but, but you're right though. It's like, you want to be, you never know if you're going to like something until yeah, you try it. You never true, know yeah. you're going to like something until you give it a chance and listen to it. I mean, you know, Phil and I talked about how much, you know, we were listening to uh, Dua Lipa. The other, you know, the other day we were talking about, wow, she's great. Yeah. The tunes are awesome. But I mean, straight pop music, but there's some great songwriting in there. The hooks are fantastic. And you don't know, you know, some right. of that might kind of creep into what you start working on next, your next project. You're like, you know what? I like to have a, a bit of a, a hook like that or a groove like that That's or right, something yeah. kind of, you know, that reminds me is reminiscent of that. But again, you, you try to listen to as much as possible and see where those inspirations come from. Now, Phil, you, you, you turned me on to the band Thunder and I have been listening to them and uh, what a joy. It's like you, uh, you describe you correctly, in my opinion, describe them as blues rock. Um, although every time I hear blues, I think of a blues band, but when you're saying blues rock, you mean just like a, almost like a classic rock band, right? Yeah. Of the old, of the old, uh, you know, a genre before the eighties, you know, exactly. so it's like 70s, early deep purple. Yes. Uh, you know, that kind of free era blues rock. Yes. Yes. And um, what a great, what a great band. I mean, um, it kind of, kind of gives, gives me, um, makes me feel a little more hopeful when, yeah when you hear bands um even though i know that they're not a current band but but when you hear bands faithfully executing the blues rock yeah um, i mean they're still right they still have albums they just released an album this year and it was probably the best one i've heard in 15 years from them oh my god that's that's what you love when a band comes out with something new that's been around forever and it's probably some of their best work that always makes you feel like oh we got plenty of years in front of us even though you know, we've been we've been playing music here and there in different versions and different bands, you know, different iterations, you know, uh, for so many years. We're like, oh, we still have lots of mileage left in front right. of us. These guys are still doing it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of creativity yet to happen. That makes you very excited. And when you hear a band like Thunder or even the, the last two Sticks albums, they were fantastic as uh -huh. well. You know, it's like, hey, these guys are still doing it. There's no reason we can't. Yeah, agreed. Right. Agreed. 
Well, since you're since we're on to kind of um, inspiration and ongoing creativity, why don't you give us some backstory about W two, how you guys got together, and um, you know, does W two stand for anything? I I I I know I I know what W two means, but does W two take take a stance where that that any of your other projects have not? Bill, you want to go with this one? All right. All right. Um, so Joe and I go back, uh, our friendship goes back, what now, 23, 24 years. We first met our That's wives right. in, uh, in the same school. We met, mm-hmm. uh, that was our, our pathway together. We met, you know, crossing up the pathway into the school one day. Um, and we kind of very quickly hit it off, uh, realized that we both have a passion for music. Um and we kind of got together to begin to explore what that meant. I'd written some stuff already. Um, Joe was passionate about writing. He'd done a little bit of stuff also in, in Belfast. And we kind of began our journey. And it's kind of, you know, we still one of these over the years. You know, we come together. We don't have time. We go our own ways. We do our different projects. You know, I taught pretty extensively for five or six years. Uh, you know, so that kind of, we didn't do too much then. But was that wrapped up, I was like, Joe, we got to get going again. I got to do something here. Um, so that kind of led us into a, a project called Signal to Noise that we formed how many years ago now, Joe? Ten? Oh, at Maybe. least, at least. I think uh, right around 2004, 2005, we started, I think somewhere, something like that. And then uh, that was our first like fully original project that we, uh, you know, we came up with a full length album. And we really enjoyed, you know, coming up with something of our own, you know, to call our own. We, like Phil said, you know, again, this goes back to what we were saying before, you know, we've been in and out of music for years and all different, you know, variations. And uh, the fact that we were, you know, we tried doing covers for a while. And then when Phil goes, you know, hey, you know, I I had this song I was working on with uh, my best friend back in England. What do you think of this? And he starts playing it. And I'm like, Dude, I love that. That's fantastic. We let's do that. Let's let's write our own material. Why why are we covering other people? That's great. Being you know covering other people's uh, material. That's fantastic. But what got me really excited was the idea of doing something creative ourselves and you know with our own voice and seeing what that was going to be. And so yeah, we became Signal to Noise. Came up with the name Signal Noise after we went to see a Peter Gabriel concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, were, we were at Jones Beach Theater and he plays a song called Signal the Noise. And we were like, oh, that's go. the name. That's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, again, all the different musical influences that speak to you. And that just happened to be what, you know, led us to call ourselves Signal Noise. And we did that for uh, two albums. The material we played out for uh, gigs. We opened for a number of national acts. Uh, played a few uh, full headlining shows ourselves, and uh, we had a great time. But you know that was one chapter, and then that chapter ended, and then that happened. Actually, that chapter ended right when COVID began. Mm-hmm. Right and. Phil and I were really itching to write new music and Phil had a bunch of song demos that were fantastic. Just waiting for us to kind of get together with the band and record. 
And we were kind of sitting at home going, you know, we got these great songs. Uh, our band really isn't doing anything right now. They didn't really have the ability to, you know, record remotely. And, uh, you know, Phil and I were you know, really wanting to keep on moving forward and do something creative, especially having all this downtime with COVID, uh, knowing that we're going to be cooped up for a while. And, you know, I said to Phil, I go, Phil, you know, over the years, I've met a few mus musicians who've always said, hey, it'd be great to collaborate on something. If we ever had the opportunity to collaborate on something, you know, re remember me. And I was like, Phil, you know what? This could be that opportunity to collaborate. Right, right. Why don't we see if our buddies and two other of our friends who have always talked to us about collaborating want to do something together. And yeah. W2 really became uh, a project all about collaboration and musical relationships and the journey that we've been on. And it kind of reflected a little bit on the times we were in then and there, you know, the fact that we were all isolated, we were social, socially distant, right, right. <laughs> social distancing from each other. Uh, and, you know, we kind of had a, what we're doing right now, you know, talk through Zoom, talk on the phone and sending, you know, links back and forth. And uh, that became the catalyst for this whole wonderful W2 project, which really, was the whole birth of it was about collaboration and wanting to move on do something creative do something positive right. in what would otherwise be perceived as kind of like a negative kind of time you know and uh phil originally also swung at that time by the sense of divisiveness that was kind of present in society partially due to covid partially due to politics and we mm -hmm. were kind of like feeling that and we're then negatively feeling that and I think we had this realization as we were reaching into our friends and people we touched going back 15, 20, 30 years, um, everybody was kind of like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. And it was this right. feeling of people coming together around this idea of music and about the, around the songs that we've been writing and uh, working on. So, you know, there was a violin player in the UK who jumped on board and did this. An old songwriter I'd worked with up in the Boston area, you know, became involved and, and contributed pieces of music, um, or evolving pieces of music. The trumpet player from from you know from Down County, a great drummer we ran into, you know, fantastic <laughs> guy, uh, called yeah. Brian. This you guy know, called Brian. Like, <laughs> he's a I don't know that drummer, guy. <laughs> His drum studio looks just like yours. Yeah. Oh my oh, goodness! Dude. Wait a second. Well, you know, um, and that's the that's the funny thing, Brian. Though, but it was just whole like coincidence that you know all these relationships that we made over the years and this is why you know you always say it's great to reach out to people talk to people right. make connections with people you never know where those relationships are going to go and we are certainly incredibly lucky to be surrounded with the people in our lives that we have the friends that we have the extremely talented friends that we have who, like Phil said, we're excited to do something creative and positive. And yeah, you know, it's like when you when you you talk to people about this, and it's like, yeah, of course I want to do that, you right, know. And that right. just really, <clears throat> what you know, we started doing one song, and one song became two, and two became an album. Right. Very. So we touched. Well, thank you both for that. Um, 
we touched on a, several things in that little segment. Um, one being songwriting. And um, I kind of like to like to talk about your workflow. Um, you know, so I, so we're sensing, you know, um, so I, I know you guys are comfortable with, you know, um, the remote digital format and so on, but, but you don't live far from each other. So do you guys ever sit in a room together and uh, Phil with your guitar, Joe with your, with your notebook and, you know, kind of come up with a song that way. I mean, why don't you, is, is there a way that you do it or is it like, you know, you just ha hammer the, so, so Phil, Phil, take this one or do you just hammer the box from any side that presents we've itself? Done, we've done both. We've done both over the years. Um, and I wouldn't say one's right and one's wrong for us. We can, we can kind of work with both. We enjoy the social aspect of, of writing together. But at the same time, this project came together because of COVID. Um, so I had these demos. So I kind of sit at home in this room right where we are now. And, uh, you know, I'll just play, get a drum track going in Logic or in GarageBand and just have an idea and begin to pan it out and expand it. Uh, and after, you know, a few hours, I might have, you know, a verse and a chorus of something musical, no lyric, no melody, just, uh, you know, just music, you know, guitars, drums, bass, keys kind of stuff. And typically, I'll then I'll email Joe, uh, you know, uh, an MP3, usually about three o'clock in the morning, say, Joe, you're going to really like this one. You're gonna, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, then, you know, and it's great. I, I usually forget about it. And then Joe's like going, no, no, remember this one. It's great. It's a really good one, this one. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's the source. That was the primary source of this album was, you know, me sitting down and having an idea, handing it to Joe and him going like, oh, no, this one's great. And then he'll throw me uh, the MP3 back with a vocal on it, you know, a couple of days later. And like, yeah, out of being, you know, we get now we're in business here. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And they became it's our demos. Like... Yeah. What's that? And they became our demos, you know. Yeah. The stuff they became our demos, exactly. There's tracks on there, Brian, that were... Uh, that were put down that first night. You know, right. there's some original guitar tracks and all those songs that kind of just stuck because they were the right part, you know? Right, right. And, you know, it's funny because when, when Phil would send me a demo track, you know, I always liken it to the idea of like a sculptor gets a piece of marble, you know? I, a lot of times when he sends me something, I'll be like, you know, it's, it's almost like a lightning strike. You know, it's like, oh, I hear something there. There's something special. You know, it starts speaking to me and it almost starts revealing itself to me. I'll listen to the track over and over again. And eventually, you know, I, usually I'll get right away a sense of whether I hear a vocal melody coming out of it. And then, I, you know, as I'm trying to form the, the vocal melody over his demo, you know, I start getting an idea of like, what's this story about this song? What's this song trying to say? What's the mood? that's uh, coming out of this. And, you know, again, Phil, Phil might suggest to me, like he actually would suggest sometimes like, Joe, you know, this song could be kind of about, you know, social distancing and COVID or something. And I'll be like, oh, social distance. That's a great yeah. uh, catchy hook line for our chorus. And the song starts kind of like revealing itself. It's about a person stuck at home and wanting to pick up the phone and wanting to get together with the friends. And all of a sudden you're, you know, your verse is starting to write itself. And then, you know, obviously, you know, you massage it, you see what works, you know, how the, the words flow within the song and, and you, you know, how the rhyme schemes are working and stuff like that. Um, and also if it's, 
creating imagery in your head that seems vibrant and alive and fits uh, what you feel the mood of the song is. Even though, you know, one night I was listening to a song, a demo that Phil sent, uh, this beautiful, uh, haunting guitar song uh, he, he sent me and it was, it was absolutely gorgeous. And, and, and the fact that it had this real kind of ghostly haunting kind of, uh, mood to it as I'm outside walking, you know, late at night, I'm out there and I, it was during COVID and I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, wow, you know, nobody's about it. This place feels like a ghost town. There's no one else around. And I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I think I got the lyric for the song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just wrote a song. (laughs) I just wrote a song. But this is what happens. Little sparks, you know, little sparks ignite. And, but it usually is. It's like, you know, Phil has these great demos and he sends me so many wonderful songs. And then out of those, you know, songs, some of them will really resonate quicker and really hit me fast, you know, and then, you know, I get really excited. And of course I want to jump on it. And that begins the whole process like uh, Phil said, that will, you know, quickly become our initial demos that we uh, use for uh, creating the songs for the album. Got it. Wow. There's a lot. So we've, um, I, I, I've been taking, taking some notes and I've got a uh, quite, quite a nice list of um, points that I'd like to ask you guys about, including like, even being more specific about the, your, your workflow, um, lyrics inspiration because it doesn't always come easily i mean i know that we're very excited you know there there are moments when we're greatly inspired but there's also those times where you're like well i don't know about you guys but i certainly go like i suck this song sucks (laughs) i think every (laughs) artist goes through that line every artist every time you pick up the instrument yeah absolutely But um, no, we all have to go through that. I mean, no, of course, I, part part of the you know, it's almost like giving birth to something. You know, yeah. One of the one of the things I would say, it's great. You know, anytime we we were with the band or anytime you know we would be listening to our songs as we're working on them, I say, just think, you know, this didn't exist before we created. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was. It's like giving birth to something. Oh, it totally it's, it's really creating something from nothing, and it's really special. But you're right, it's work. It is yeah. work. It's it's it doesn't always come easy sometimes you'll you'll get a verse and you go okay i've got this really great verse now what or you get this one great line in your chorus and nothing else is working and i've i've rewritten like most of our songs i've written probably four times the amount of words verses choruses than actually winds up being in the song just to kind of like, and I'll take words and rearrange them, lines and rearrange them, just to get to the point where I'm like, okay, now it feels like it's ready to do something with it. And even after that, like I'll send it to Phil and then I'll be like, well, Phil, Phil, wait, wait, don't listen to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got a better idea now. <laughs> no, it's, defi- it's definitely a, um, I th- I think the the pedestrian or the normies might might think that you know, lyrics just come out and fill the music just comes out. You, you sit down, you jam, you come up with a great song and little do they know often, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that people underestimate what we do, but, but um, I think, you, you know, little do they know that you sweated over the song, you, you rewrote parts, you, you edited, you, you know, you, 
you did so much work on on one song or one passage. You, you know, know. I'm a big McCartney fan, and I, um, uh, and he talks about some of these songs just being handed down. You know, like they they're just there. Sometimes you're not quite sure where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a religious guy. I'm not a how a higher power guy, but it certainly has that kind of like I have no idea where this comes from. Sometimes, right? Just it's a spark that triggers a spark that triggers a spark. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you have all these all this experience that you draw upon that you kind of then build on, I build on top of, but you're, I have no idea where it comes from. Yeah. Gen- gentlemen, believe it or not, we're past the 20 minute mark. And I think this would be a great point for a great point for us to take a break and put a cap on part one. And uh, will, you, will you guys come back for part two? Would love to, Brian. Absolutely. So in part two, I, I mean, I made some notes. I want to talk about some specific songs. I want to, again, I want to talk about the workflow, about some inspiration. Uh, where w two came from, where we got the name. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't get, get to that. So, <laughs> so yeah, we got, we got to put this in. So where W2 came from. And uh, of course, some of your upcoming uh, endeavors and really, really wherever else you want, you want to take us. But we're going to say goodbye at this point, and I want to thank everyone for listening. You've been listening to W2, Friends of Music with me, Brian Doherty, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys again, okay? Peace. Take care, guys. Well, that about does it for this episode. This is part one. You've been listening to part one of my interview with the band W2, Phil Went and Joe Walden. Please stay tuned for part two. Thank you for listening.